0: Well, hello, and welcome to the Through the Word podcast, as pastors Chris Mitchell and John Bell seek to answer questions that come from the reading of God's Word, beginning in Genesis all the way through to Revelation. Thank you for joining us. Hey, I'm Pastor John Bell, and I'm here with Pastor Chris Mitchell. Hey. And this is our first official hmm. Through the Word podcast. We had a preview section for you. I hope that you enjoyed that and had a chance to listen to it. But this is the first one that is official as we are walking through Scripture together as a church family at EC Baptist Church. If you're with another church, I hope you'll join in with us. And And even if you're a pastor, encourage your church to read God's Word because there is nothing more important than reading God's Word. And it is one thing we can trust, will not. Return void. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as we're going through this, we have questions that we've asked our church family to send in. And any of you listening, feel free to send those questions in to through the word 22 at gmail.com. That's through the word 22 at gmail.com. Today's questions will come from the first portion of Genesis. And so, that spans from creation into the life of Abraham. And so if you had questions maybe for next week, that portion will be from the birth of Jacob all the way through the death of Joseph. And so just keep that in mind. But for time's sake, let's go ahead and get into some of these questions. So, Pastor Chris, the first question that we had is regarding the wife of Cain and those who might murder Cain and others who are not mentioned by name in the first portion of Genesis. So the question is, Pastor Chris, who are these people where did they come from, and why do we not have more revealed about them in the creation narrative
1: of Scripture? One of the things we want to be reminded of as we consider these questions and, and where uh, this narrative is in light of where the Israelites are hearing it, they're potentially in the wilderness after coming out of the Exodus. Right. And so Moses is giving them a, not a blow-by-blow, blow, not a here's every detail for me to share with you right now, but really this big picture how do we get how did we get this world how did we get into Egypt right. how are we where we are now and so the point wasn't to give every name sure and list every person that was involved in the process the point was to give this big picture of how creation by god happened what happened to that good creation and getting us to the the hope Through this promised line of the seed of the woman moving through the patriarch of Abraham. And so we're not given all the details. We're not given every name, but we're given some of these big names. Some of these names that help us carry that seed of the woman uh, all the way through to our Savior, Jesus Christ. But great question, because here you have Adam and Eve have two sons. And it seems like, wait a minute, how did Cain have a wife? (laughs) Where did these people come from? Right. Um, And so uh, you mentioned that uh, before in our conversations about this, about Eve. Yeah, so
0: Adam names her Eve because she's the mother of all. And so scripture clearly states that. And so we can't go against what scripture
1: states. That's right. So what we do know is that Adam and Eve had other children besides Cain, Abel, and Seth. Okay. Um, And while we might think in today's culture... Uh, incest. Yeah, incest, yeah. right, that kind of stuff. That, was, that prohibition wasn't there okay. uh, in this time, and the germline hadn't really been, or, or we say the genetic code, hadn't really been um, messed up with sin like it is now. Right. And so, again, while we would say, oh, I wouldn't even think about that, uh, they could marry potentially sister, cousins, right. nieces, these guys. Um, and so... I mean, even Abraham's married to his half-sister. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's where the, they came from. Okay. Uh, and so yeah. we may not think that obviously is not okay today, but then uh, it wasn't wasn't given a prohibition until later.
0: So any reason why maybe, you know, I mean, it specifically focuses on men, any, any reason that you would
1: perceive there? Certainly it wasn't to... Discredit women. Okay, uh, we know that both male and female were created in the image of God. Right. Um, so I don't think it's that. I think it was to help us just watch these these patriarchs, these leaders, get us. Like I said, to to Abraham. Right. Uh, as he becomes the father of many nations. Okay. But I, I really definitely don't think it's to discredit women. Uh, after all, you have. Uh, when you get into the book of Exodus, mm-hmm. you have these two Hebrew midwives named Shipra and Puah, yeah. who are—I mean—they're—they're they're named. It's not like they're just some unnamed women. They're Hebrew midwives, and they are seen as sort of guarding and protecting the line of the seed of the woman. Right. In Jesus's genealogical list uh, in Matthew, sure. you're given lists of women. So yeah. well, I don't get any impression. Never has name in there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I don't get any impression that it's let's repress women or or anything like that. Okay. Uh, in the yeah, text, I mean, it's, you know,
0: still clearly states in the image of God he created them male and female, yes. he created them. So that's we are all created in the image of God. But let's let's move on and as we're going into further into the narrative we come to Cain and Abel and we see that God is displeased with Cain's offering. But Why is God displeased with Cain's offering since there had not been the law regarding blood sacrifices given yet?
1: The law hadn't been given. You're right about blood sacrifices. But in Genesis 321, the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. So this idea of a need
0: for a blood sacrifice, right,
1: to cover over the exposure that Adam and Eve had Happened right there. Okay. This so so blood was shed to provide a covering. So just right. keep that mindset uh, yeah. as as we go Goes throughout all throughout scripture. <laughs> Absolutely. But when you talk about the displeasure here, I want us to understand that it wasn't as if God, uh, you know, had a had more regard for meat than vegetables. Okay. Yeah. It had nothing to do with that. When you look at the text, it says. Uh, In the course of time, this is chapter 4, verse 3, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. Okay. We have a heart issue here. Right. We have a heart issue because Cain just determined in his mind, you know what? I better hold back the best of Mm -hmm. my labor for me because... I'm not so sure I can trust you, God, if I right. give you my best. I, if I go to the market and, and all I have is the leftover portions, I might not get a good amount to provide for my family. So hmm. here, you, you should be satisfied, God. I'm give giving some you something. of what I have. Right. Whereas Abel comes and he says, I trust you so much, God, with my life right. that I'm willing to give you my best. And if I go to the market with my less than best, and it doesn't produce much income for me, that's okay, I'm gonna trust you, God. Sure. Um, Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews speaks to this in chapter 11, the famous uh, by faith passage. Hebrews chapter 11, verse four. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, faith, though he died, he still speaks. Yeah. All right. And so God saw a faith in Abel
0: that He didn't, he didn't see yeah. in Cain, yeah, and I so mean, it, Abel's giving the best of what He has, and right. Cain's like, "No, I'm not going to give you the best of what I have." That's right, and that's the lesson that I think we need to even apply today. But let's keep going. And this question, the, the third question that we have, is one that we even alluded to in our trailer, and this comes from Genesis chapter six, and is who are the sons of God. And who were the Nephilim in, in this same passage? Who who are these people?
1: It's one of the most difficult passages, Pastor John, in the book of Genesis, and one there's much debate about. So okay. um, to our listeners, we come to you with what we best have done in working out how this could be. Sure. Uh, we don't come with a definite answer here. Um, what we can best determine is that when you see that phrase, sons of God in the text, six, chapter six, verse two, sons of God, okay. it often refers to angels okay. in the Bible. And so you could potentially say, oh, well, angels decided to marry earthly that's, you know, women. Know,
0: one, one way people could <laughs> right. look at
1: it. And they would say, well, okay, let's, you know, that, that's how the Nephilim came about, angel half, human right. kind of creature, and they were yeah. ruthless and mean. But, and, and but, there's the but there's a problem with that. There's a problem with that because uh, angels are neither given nor uh, able to marry.
0: Okay, yeah, Jesus says that clearly, and even we will be like them in, in the new heaven and the new earth where we are not given, are able to marry.
1: Absolutely. So what we have here, the sons of God, best we can tell, are demon-possessed men, Okay. They were fallen angels, so that helps us capture that sons of God referring to angels. Okay, so they're fallen angels. Scripture tells us that demons long to kind of embody humans. Yes, and uh, we Jesus see that. Jesus cast many demons out. Absolutely, and so here were these demons taking over, commandeering men's bodies, and having this um, reach, this overreach, this taking advantage of okay. women of the earth. Okay, and that union, that that demon possession with the, with these ladies, created these ruthless men um, that were doing only evil continually. And then that leads ultimately
0: to the flood, because there's evil acting all the time. But before we get to the flood, there's there's a question that we have. But at, out, there's also another question, secondary question that I wanted to speak to within that, because these that Nephilim are referred to as these mighty men and the first, mm-hmm. you know, these mighty warriors, even though they're mighty evil is what they were. Um, but there's a translation within the ESV translation that says Nimrod was the first of mighty men. And that, that is, uh, you know, that is the way ESV translates that, but most translations show it as he became a mighty warrior. So often there's this, uh, because the first and, you know, be- beginning or became are the same word in Hebrew. They're mm-hmm. they're translated in similar ways. I mean, even in Genesis one one, you have in the beginning, which could be considered through the firstborn. First. Mm-hmm. And and so that's you know, have and so that's where that would come from. But I would lean more toward he became a mighty warrior than him mm-hmm. being the first of mighty warriors, because of you know, you see that earlier on in scripture. Sure. Um but as we continue through that, those mighty men who were mighty evil, they led to Noah hearing from God. And so a question that we had, not just regarding Noah, but also regarding Abraham, was how did these early followers of the Lord hear from
1: him? Genesis 17, 1 speaks of the Lord appearing to Abram and saying Okay, something. he speaks. Speaks. Directly. Yes, just like you and I are speaking right here, Pastor John. Yeah. He, the Lord it's a a means of special revelation okay where god came in such a way that those uh, early patriarchs those early uh, bible men yes. could actually hear directly from god like you and i are speaking now as time went on god spoke through the prophets okay uh, god spoke through his son yes And now God speaks through... His Word. His Word. (laughs) Yes. And so that's why we're so excited about being able to go through the Word, taking it so seriously this year, asking our folks to let's read the entire Word of God because this is God's Word to us. We can hear from God. Right. I even mentioned in the sermon this Sunday about how Abram basically heard from God or, or God spoke with him about eight times. Okay. And so would you rather, over the course of your lifetime, hear from God eight times, yeah. or get to hear from him whenever you'd like. All the time. <laughs> right. Anytime you want to read the Word of God, you get to hear from God. Yes. So grateful that we have the Word of God. Yes. It is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, and it is okay. useful for all of life. But in
0: answering that question, he spoke directly to Right. Him. Yes. Yeah. And we do get to hear from him through his written word. Right. And as we continue through his written word, we we come to the flood narrative. And we had a a couple of questions from this. And the first one is, why are there there seven pairs of some animals and there are two pairs of other animals? I mean, often on a children's thing, it only shows two by two or they came in just pairs. But we can see clearly through
1: scripture, there's seven pairs of some animals and two pairs of other animals. So why is this? Those seven pairs were your clean animals. Okay. These were designated animals that God had prepared uh, to be used as a sacrifice. And so here again, right after the ark, right after coming out of the ark, right. sort of like a recreation of, uh, of humanity and, and, yeah. uh, and the earth, uh, even though sin was still on the earth, yes. um, Noah recognizes this. And Noah says, okay, I'm going to offer you a sacrifice, God. And it's these seven pairs of animals, these clean animals, seven being that number of completion, perfection in the Bible. We see that throughout the narrative. Um, He uses those for the sacrifice to offer to God these specific animals that God regarded as clean. It wasn't that Noah said, well, these are clean and these aren't. Okay, God made this designation of this clean and unclean, and so... The two pairs were your unclean animals yeah. that came. So the
0: two were the pigs, and then you had seven, <laughs> probably with ox and sheep, and you know. Right. Okay. Um, and then a, a second question we had regarding the flood was: you have this point in Genesis eight thirteen where it talks about Noah removing a covering from the ark. So do you, do you have any idea about this covering, what that
1: is? You know, this is the only place in Scripture where that word okay. "covering" is used. Outside of it, meaning goat skins oh, okay. or animal skin. That's interesting. It is very interesting. So you can take this idea, and I've read different articles. Uh, you know, even the Ark Encounter okay. uh, has on their website a, a potential answer to this that has to do with the idea that maybe it referred to the skin of the Ark, talking about the wood, the slats that okay. made up the the bow and the stern and all parts in between. Oh, I got you. Okay. Uh, that, that maybe it just it was representative of the covering that was going to be used one day to shield the Ark of the Covenant
0: okay. when they're out wow. in the wilderness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it could be alluding to that. Okay. It could also simply mean he opened the hatch. Okay. He took off the roof. Right. He, maybe he cut a side place. We don't have any indication that the door opened. Okay, for the animals because to go God back closed out the door. God closed it. Okay, we don't have any occasion of how they got out. Maybe it was Noah breaking through and, and checking and seeing the dry ground and then figuring a way to get all the animals back out. Okay, We're not exactly sure, but but great question. What we do know is that it afforded Noah the view. Okay, to be able to see. Okay, it's time we can go. That's great. Um, so as we come, this is
0: actually our last question that that was sent in to us, and this is from the narrative of the Tower of Babel, and it's, and so there's just a bit of confusion here, because in chapter 10, verse 5, as we're going through the Table of Nations, which is before we talk about the Tower of Babel in chapter 11, it says these clans and these nations, they had their own language, but then we come to chapter 11, verse 1, and we find the whole earth had one language. So any idea why the Lord had Moses write it in this way to where it appears to be out of order?
1: I'm not sure exactly, you know, that the why. But what okay. I can tell us, based on the research that I've done, is that there was this idea that you got the overview. Okay. Genesis 10 gives us this overview of these nations. Okay, and then it's almost like it zeroes in and goes, oh, wait, let me fill in some of the details. Like you know? Genesis one and two. Exactly. Okay. Just like that. Where one gives us broad strokes of creation, okay. two zeroes in on, on some of that, the, specifically male and female, okay. and how all that went about. Right. Same idea. It's, it's like we're given the big picture, and then we're given some backstory. Okay. And... and Historical narratives do that all the time. They, they might give a broad picture about, say, a war. Right. And then they'll go in and say, oh, th- they'll fill in a little bit of the details. So I think that's what happens here. Okay. It's not a contradiction. Okay. It is chronologically out of order. Yes. Not sure exactly why, but it does follow that pattern of Genesis 1 and 2 where you get overview and then get some details. What is interesting is that it does sort of help us link up Okay, with the line of Terah. Okay, the seed, the which seed of leads, the woman. Yes. coming through Seth. Okay, and then it's almost like there's this break of oh wait here's how the language has got this way. Okay, and then let's get back to the line of Seth through the line of Terah, which takes us to Abraham. And you have these people
0: in Babel making a name for themselves, but what happens with Abraham? Right, God gives God gives him a name. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well that's I really enjoyed this time with you today and thank you guys for joining us and we look forward to answering or trying to answer some more <laughs> of your questions. Would you please please send those into through the word twenty two at gmail.com. Bye-bye.